Hey everyone, uh, before we get started, I just wanted to remind you to use our Blick affiliate link when you order your art supplies uh, from Blick.com. Um, when you use our affiliate link, and you can get there by just going to www.messystudiopodcast.com slash Blick, or just navigating to our homepage and there's a button in the upper left-hand corner that says Blick. And when you do that, um, 10% of your purchase is donated to the Messy Studio Podcast. And what I'd really like all of you to do is just just bookmark that link, and then you don't even have to think about it. Every time you're buying your art supplies from Blick, you're supporting the podcast. And, you know, I also like to try to let everyone know when there's a really good promotion going on because Blick runs promotions all the time. Um, but right now they're doing a discount on Gambling Cold Wax Medium. So it's 25% off for the Gambling Cold Wax Medium. And then the the Gambling Paints, the oil paints, are discounted up to 40% off right now. And when you're spending more than $30 on gambling mediums and paints, they're going to send you right now a, uh, a little two-ounce container of their solvent-free liquid medium to try out. I kind of think maybe this is a, a new product that they're trying to promote. I haven't seen it before, um, but it's normally a $7 value for, for the two-ounce container. Um, and right now you can get it for free. So it's a really good opportunity to try it out and see if you like it. So to take advantage of that promotion, once again, it's www.messystudiopodcast.com slash Blick, or just click the Blick button in the upper left-hand corner of the homepage at messystudiopodcast.com. And uh, to get that that free product, all you have to do is add $30 worth of, of gambling mediums and paints into your shopping cart. And you're not going to see that pop up in your shopping cart, but it's going to be shipped to you automatically. So once again, messystudiopodcast.com slash Blick. And just bookmark that, and then you don't even have to think about it again. All right, thanks, everybody. On with the show. Hello and welcome to The Messy Studio with Rebecca Kroll, the podcast at the intersection of art, travel, entrepreneurship, philosophy, and life in general. I am Ross Tickner, Rebecca's audio producer, podcast guru, and her son. On today's episode, we have thoughts on the creative process. With all of the ups and downs that we go through in the studio, it may be helpful to know that the creative process involves stages that are fairly predictable and universal, some of which are pretty challenging. Although these stages or steps are usually described as taking place in a linear progression from initial idea to finished work, most of us find our own process to be more complex. Today, we'll discuss the creative stages as a reminder of what we all go through as artists, while at the same time acknowledging that few things can be described neatly and simply when it comes to creativity. With me, as always, is Rebecca Kroll. Hello, everyone. Um, I don't know if our listeners are familiar with um, these lists of the creative stage and stages. Um, they're out there. If you Google this, you'll see various lists, and they they are not all the same. You know, some of them list three stages and some seven and whatnot. But there's, I, we're going to kind of use one of the lists that has five stages that seem to be pretty common. And, but, but I really want to comment on those stages in terms of what you just said, Ross, that it's, it's not exactly a straight line path. Um, you know, creative output is so individualized and so varied. And, you know, to to simplify it into these five steps is <laughs> it's oversimplifying. Um, at the same time, you know, when you think about what these are, uh, you recognize them. You say, "Oh yeah, I've done that. I've been there." It's just that they um, 
they're they tend to be uh not all not in that straight line they sort of come and go throughout the process and um so i think it's you know it's good to recognize that these things are a pattern and i think our own patterns we may find uh repeat themselves in similar ways or they may just seem kind of random in the way these things uh these stages come and go yeah there's a lot of these patterns in terms of human behavior and that are identified by you know psychologists and such yeah, that, and yeah. you know much of the time there you can recognize yourself in them but it's not usually as kind of cut and dry as as it looks yeah. on paper and i mean there's a reason that it it's simplified like that, but it can sort of give you the wrong impression um, that, oh, if I'm not going along these steps, you know, I'm not really doing what real artists do or something like that. So it's, it's just not a straight line approach. Lots of us take lots of side roads um, and there's a lot of overlap with these, with these things. Uh, you know, one size just doesn't fit all. Um, and and I, you know, when I first encountered these lists and I would read them, I thought, and this is, you know, probably back in my college days, I thought they didn't make too much sense um, because of that, because I already knew that the way that I was working, I wasn't going step by step. <laughs> and you'll see what we mean when we go through this. Uh, but at the same time, they were a little disconcerting, like, oh, well, the experts say this is the way it's supposed to go. Um so anyway, um, I guess if we just recognize these different stages as part of the mix, and you know what what are, what is our own pattern when we encounter these times that are frustrating in our work, sometimes especially the one called incubation, it, it can it can be quite reassuring to think that there's um, something happening even during a time when you feel like not much is is going on. And the other thing I wanted to say before we kind of get started with this particular list is, in some ways, um, these are applied to your work as a whole, like your your whole experience of creativity. Most of the time, we talk about them in terms of one piece of artwork, you know, the what happens as you're creating a particular painting or something. And that's kind of how we'll talk about them today. But, uh, you know, they, they have a bigger picture value as well. Um, so, uh, to go through this list with commentary and thoughts, and almost all the thing, the different um, ways of describing this that I've seen start with the first stage is one of um, either called inspiration or preparation, um, the initial spark that gets you going. And the way it's described often sounds like, oh, you suddenly get this sort of idea like this light bulb going on or something or some strong motivation and i personally uh don't find that happens i mean i i feel like the preparation the inspiration is absolutely ongoing all the time and there are things that artists do without any particular goal or purpose in mind just because they're visual people they're curious people and so a lot of artists are constantly sort of sending out their tentacles, you know, looking at um, other artists' work, looking at websites, uh, going to galleries, reading books, buying art supplies, um, all kinds of things that you're sort of gathering all the time and sponging. <laughs> and you don't, it's just part of uh, your basic curiosity or personality. 
and it's not meant to be um, researching in the way that you might research for um, a paper or something that you're writing. Not to say that sometimes you do research. Sometimes you do have a particular subject that you want to look into. That that can happen as well. But to me, that phase is more like just this kind of ongoing curiosity. Um, you know, what are you interested in? That kind of never-ending, ongoing ins- process of inspiration can often be distracting even. It can be hard to uh, have have some new idea constantly, you know, and be unable to incorporate it into what you're currently doing, and then you have to kind of put it aside and come back to it. And it's it can it can be a little bit frustrating at times just yeah. seeing new things and having new ideas all the time and not really being able to to act on on something for long enough. Right. I think a lot of us have, you know, piles of notes and sketchbooks and uh, books and things sitting around that or little starts of things and and you think well I'll get back to that at some point yeah and it it can be something that makes it difficult during what we're going to talk about in stage 2 um yes which is the kind of the the incubation and and processing and and integrating data when there's constantly new data coming in right um it can be very difficult you get it into a a period of kind of um like launch anxiety or um you know, you, you get kind of stuck in this, you know, things never being perfect enough to to move forward. Yeah, and may, maybe part of the process or this uh, initial preparation is paying attention to what things kind of rise to the surface. If you have a lot of interests and you have a lot of things that you're looking into to, um, you know, as a helpful way of looking at it is sort of what what seems more important? What would you prioritize um, setting some intention around that? Like, I I really want to think more about color or whatever it is. Um, as you said, you can get really scattered at that phase just as a, a an aspect of who you are. You know, um, you're just living your life and all this time this stuff is coming in. There, I would say too, but there are some times when you know something has really grabbed you and you know, it's it's more identifiable, and you just feel kind of fired up about it. Although, in truth, sometimes those things sort of fizzle out, or they take some other form. So, you know, though, even that feeling of "oh, I've got this great idea" sometimes is a bit of a false start. Um, but you know, really, I think what happens a lot of times in the process of starting something is that. Your real preparation, inspiration, whatever it is, comes out of just starting. And that that would not be part of the traditional list of these things. But there's something about the process. Like, you know, I might think I want to work with particular colors and start putting those down. And then I'd get a different idea. And then I'd take off from that, which might be a stronger and better idea. But I wouldn't have known it until I started something. And seems to me a lot of artists recognize that, you know, you start one thing and then it's morphed into something else before you've gotten very far with it. And to me, that's all part of the the getting started, the preparation is doing. And one of the odd things about these kind of lists is that they sort of assume a lot of this stuff happens before you actually do anything. <laughs> and 
you know, again, most of us are constantly doing, playing around, experimenting. And so if we waited for these processes to all take hold, you know, we, I don't know. It's just a very different way of looking at it that doesn't seem very realistic. But anyway, there is that stage. There is that gathering and that, you know, thinking about things, getting excited about something. And then the one that the stage two, which you just mentioned, um, usually called incubation um, stage. And that is a stage of processing things, integrating ideas, and usually not as conscious effort. Um, it's often said to be something that goes on under the surface, kind of, you know, below your conscious awareness. You're not really aware of it. Um, sort of a, a pause somehow in your thinking where um, ideas kind of sink in and mingle. And, and that would be, as you said, we have a lot of different things going on some connections start to be made or some direction starts to be formed. But when it's described as kind of a pause or a stepping back, you know, I I take issue with that too because uh, I don't feel like unless, as artists, unless we're going through a time when we're blocked and we're not working, um, most of us don't take a big pause for incubation <laughs> You know, it's sort of always going on in the background. Um, and, you know, that's that's good uh, to trust that as you're taking in information and ideas, there are there is some process that goes on um, kind of underneath where you're putting things together. But I don't feel like it's generally a pause. It's more like it's interdependent with that inspiration. There's this kind of ongoing openness and thoughtfulness and introspection. We're doodling, we're experimenting, we're messing around. Um, so that incubating happens at the same time that you're working. And it, it feels to me that it goes on pretty much ongoing. Um, but like I said, I think it's helpful to realize that, well, a couple things. It's helpful to realize that, that you don't have to push that necessarily. It is, um, we sort of train our minds, I think, to work this way, to take stuff in and to play around with it um, inside. And it also helps when you're stuck, when you're blocked, which can be really frustrating. And you think everything I do you know, nothing's working out. I can't seem to make any progress. And this is in my own life, the times when I've taken a step back and said, oh, okay, well, this is a really frustrating time. Um, I feel like I'm getting nowhere. But at the same time, having some inkling that there is, there's going to be a breakthrough, there's going to be something that comes together. And it's it's a kind of a trust um, that this is happening. <laughs> um, and a trust that it does happen unconsciously or without having to figure it all out, you know, put it all together. So, and, and I think outside of the studio, a lot of us have had those moments, right, where you suddenly realize, oh, wait, the answer to this problem that I'm thinking about in my personal life or some scheduling issue or something, uh, some problem, all of a sudden you see it, oh, okay, I just have to do that, you know. 
um, sometimes it happens to me when I wake up in the morning and all of a sudden I'll, I'll see something in a different way. Um, and that, that really does seem to be an unconscious process. Uh, maybe I worked it out while I was asleep or something. Uh, but I think it's kind of a recognized thing, right? That people can put things together and just have that moment where it's like, oh, okay, I think I get it. And that, and that moment when that happens is kind of what they call the third stage, which is um, that insight that you get, illumination, things coming together. And again, in the in this kind of linear model of things where you go through step one, two, and three, uh, this is, you know, in, in a simplified way, it described as all happening before you actually do even one thing. So, of course, I don't find that particularly realistic, but the stage in between, um, you know, the incubation, the kind of the unconscious stuff, and when you when you really get in to something, when you feel like you have a handle on it, um, there is some insight, and I don't find it in my own experience to be something that's usually a, a sort of an aha moment or oh now I get it, you know it's. It just tends to be evolving and subtle. Um, it's like things just suddenly start falling into place and flowing a little bit easier. A little bit easier, but it's not like all of a sudden you got it all figured out or anything. <laughs> it's like a little glimmer, a little glimpse of the possibilities. Oh, okay, maybe maybe that's the way forward. Um, and, you know, when I mentioned um, like in the preparation stage, the actual making of art um, often gives us ideas, and the actual making of art often brings us to this point of, okay, I think I see where this is going. Um, and it, it, for me anyway, and I think for a lot of artists, it wouldn't have been figured out ahead of time at all. It, it comes out of the, the act of doing it. And and you start to see connections, and you start to see, okay, what I'm doing here brings this idea in, brings that idea in, connects to this memory or this thought. And I kind of think of this stage as finding a context for what I'm doing, because it might seem that I'm doing something quite new and different, but there's, you know, kind of pulling in these other threads places it in the context of my other work and my more ongoing uh, concerns. And finding context for what you're doing is really important. I mean, otherwise you're kind of floating and you're kind of drifting and you're not sure, um, is this the right step? Is this okay now? Um, and maybe you're trying all those things, but you're just feeling kind of lost and this this connection to who you are, what you do, how does this new idea fit in, is, um, I think it's just, it's a satisfying moment. It's not fulfillment. It's not like I know what I'm doing, but it does, um, it does definitely help, help you know the next step. It kind of helps you know how to proceed from there. Real quick, I want to let everyone know about what's new with Squeegee Press. Squeegee Press has now undergone its beautiful transformation to become Cold Wax Academy. And what's more, for everyone who enjoys using their special cold wax tools, all sizes of the SP Create squeegees are now back in stock. 
Rebecca and her partner, Jerry McLaughlin, are also launching their online live learning sessions as part of the new membership program, and all sessions will be recorded for future viewing by members. For more information and to become a member of Cold Wax Academy, please visit their website at www.coldwaxacademy.com and click on the membership button. That's www.coldwaxacademy.com and hit the membership button. All right, let's get back into it. All right. So that kind of brings us to what's typically described as the next stage, which, again, I think is something that's very ongoing and connected to the other stages as well, and that is questioning and text and testing your ideas, um, thinking them through uh, as if we have to work everything out ahead of time. But again, most of us learn by doing, and and that's not to say that there wouldn't be some um, planning involved as far as the next step of what you're going to do or that sort of thing, depending on how you work. Um, but you know, the creative process is constant problem solving, constant questioning. And it's, I think what this stage is, or this aspect of creativity is kind of analytic. And and I, in my own work, I mean, I do this pretty much every day, you know, no matter what I'm working on is, is stepping back and saying, is it working? What do I, what do I want to do next? Um, whether it's at the end of something I'm doing or in the middle of it, like I said, almost every day at every every painting, it's ongoing. Um, what color would work well? You know, we're all familiar with these things because it's just the process. And I, I think the idea of questioning the validity of the work is also what this stage is about. Um, it's often described as... Uh, asking yourself, is this important? Will other people understand what I'm doing? Um, is this original? Those kind of questions that are, you know, maybe a little bit bigger. Again, I think they're ongoing. Um, a lot of artists spend time with journals, with sketchbooks um, in which they write. And this kind of introspection of what am I doing in the big picture is it's important, I think, and it it's it's ongoing. It's integrated with all these other um, aspects. But if you don't do that, I think you do have a hole in your process. Um, if you're not, I think it's really kind of placing yourself outside of your work, looking at it as someone else would, or you know, are am I communicating anything with this work? That sort of thing. Um, it's important. So, the next stage in the list is actually making the art. Uh, <laughs> finally, 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 we're, actually we're finally art. there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Which does absolutely crack me up. Um, as if anyone sits around and goes through all these stages before they ever squeeze out a little bit of paint or something. And this stage does include a lot of trial and error. I mean, it, it's... It's what most of us would recognize as, hey, this is what we do all the time every day. Um, but it acknowledges the need to work things through and that you're going to keep at it until you're satisfied. And we go through these kind of transitional stages. And I I think, again, they come and go, and I didn't see them in this particular list, but it's 
it's um the kind of thing you don't really see until you look back on and you may do a painting or, or whatever it is you do um print sculpture and you feel that it's there it's like okay i think this is what i'm after and then two weeks later, you look at it and say, oh, no, that was just the transition. And now I'm doing <laughs> something more to the point. Um, so it's it's kind of a, a blind spot, but it's it's really important, I think, to go, you have to go through those stages. But in my own work, I, I frequently look at the beginning, say the beginning of a series or some things I did in between when I really felt like I knew what I was doing. And I'm not that happy with those pieces, but they were teaching me something and they were kind of showing me the next step. And I, I think of them as transitions. They're crossing from one thing to another. There's some, you know, unfinished ideas and there's some glimmers of new ideas and that sort of thing. And they can be a little awkward. I mean, sometimes you you do those pieces and you think they're good at the time and you, you put them on your website or you show them to people or whatever. And then uh, a couple of weeks later you think, mm, actually uh, that was just the first step and now I'm, I'm doing better with it. And that's, that's just part of the process. Um, and, and, but they can go on for a while. I mean, <laughs> the transitional phases can last for months and you don't really see it till you look back at it. Um, but you know it it's it's all part of this actually doing the work and getting some perspective on the fact that these stages that we've been talking to are really talking about are really stages of the mind i mean they're states of mind and approach that are all components of the process and in that sense i think they're quite interesting i mean to kind of break it down into those different um, things we, we go through. Do you think that there are ways for artists to use recognizing these stages to um, help them in their their process, in their in their art practice? I think so. I mean, I, I've, like I said, I find it helpful to, to think of them as um, aspects that come and go. And as you're working through a painting, particularly when you, or I say painting because I'm a painter, but whatever it is you do, when you come to those frustrating points or when you're in between ideas or things, to think about this list and say, okay, where am I at with this? Um, maybe maybe I haven't done enough in incubation or maybe I'm not asking big enough questions. I'm not um, testing my ideas enough. And so if you just look at them as um, important aspects of creativity, no matter what order they occur in, I, I think they're helpful for myself. And I would think, I would think so um, for other people. And recognizing they're, they're kind of universal, they're, they're common to us all. And so when you hit those snags and say, okay, um, having some insight into it's part of the process. It's part of what we all go through. It's part of what we ourselves go through over and over. And I think one of the funny, odd things is, um, you know, I've been, I've been making art for something like 40 years and I still get snagged on some of these things, you know, and, 
it's just, it's this kind of awareness. It's hard. It's slippery. It's hard to keep hold of. Yes, we go through these stages. Yes, some of them are difficult. Um, and that the, the ones that are less defined, the, the transitional stage, the incubation stage, <laughs> they're, they're quite challenging, I think, to be patient and, um, let those unfold. Yeah, and I think that that's something that's really important to recognize is that you can't force this process, right? And, and this is this is going to happen kind of in its its own time at its own at its own pace, right? And it it can be very difficult, especially if you are a career artist and you know, frankly, you got bills to pay, and you got to sell art in order to pay bills, and yeah. <laughs> it's uh, it, it, it's not something that you can just make it happen and make it happen faster, and because you need the money now, you know. Well, <laughs> and and I will say, I mean, for a lot of people, they've worked through these stages in a particular way that becomes familiar, and it becomes uh, they know, like they're basically maybe doing similar things over and over. Right. It's at least predictable predictable and you know we've had a lot of discussions about this in the past and and that if it's important to you that you grow your work you sort of have to put up with some of these times because otherwise you are if you're not um being challenged by this process then you're probably just making the same stuff over and over which can be good for your income um in a bigger picture, I think most people that watch artists and follow artists also appreciate seeing growth and change. Um, and that's, you know, it's just one of those, uh, you know, balancing acts that we've talked about uh, that we sort of have to work out for ourselves whether to take that step, whether to go forward and try something different. And all these the difficult parts of the creative process are going to, you know, be in your face <laughs> because it's it's hard to to make those changes, I think. Well, do you have any final thoughts to wrap up this episode? Yeah, I guess to go back to um, this uh, <laughs> thing I said at the beginning where I, I've always felt sort of vaguely uneasy when I've read about the stages of the creative process as they're typically described in this linear way probably starting back in college and and for a while i did have the idea that this is the description of how like real artists work <laughs> you know to get to this point where you sort of plan everything out and you know what's going to happen that's what was desirable um but i think you know real life experience teaches that it's really impossible to explain how complex this is in a way that's going to account for everybody's way of working. So I would just say there's a lot of value in these basic ideas, but to not take them too literally. All right. Well, that just about wraps up this episode of The Messy Studio. For more from The Messy Studio, please check out www.messystudiopodcast.com and sign up for the email list. You can also find The Messy Studio on Facebook, as well as public profiles for both Rebecca Kroll and myself, Ross Tickner. For more from Rebecca Kroll, please check out www.rebeccacroll.com and www.squeegeepress.com and sign up for the email lists to stay up to date on events, book signings, and openings. The Messy Studio Podcast is a core publication management production. 
Thanks for listening. We'll be back again next week with more art and entertainment. In the meantime, embrace your creative space, messy or otherwise. Thanks, everybody.